one ball, one strike, went out, one run. That kid the bat and kids what he done. All right. Welcome back to another exciting Croizen cast fork here. And it's a it's gonna be a short one today because it's just me and Oleg. Was that a short joke? Uh not intentionally, but you know what? Now it is. <laughs> Because it doesn't have to be a short one. Like we, it's a, yeah. I mean, we can go. You know, basically, we'll do the same thing we always do, where I ask a question, you go on a rant. It's just a one-man rant instead of a two-man rant. <laughs> yeah, Not you and Tonker. It's just you. Nobody can fucking interrupt me. <laughs> um, before we get started, I do want to give kudos to the to the folks of Bleacher Nation. They did an outstanding job yesterday with a uh, Zoom call on instagram live where they spoke with brennan davis that was uh, i got to see probably about i don't know i got to see about 10 15 minutes of that and it really was uh it it, it really was kind of cool that was that was that was very fun yes yeah um yeah that was really enjoyable and uh you know it's nice because more and more of these things are starting to happen where uh you know, ball players are doing these social media things. And mm -hmm. for the five people listening to us, don't hold your breath. We're not going to have anybody <laughs> on. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I, I know some people, not important people. But. Let's get Bill Lee. Holy shit. That would be amazing, dude. I was say, <laughs> that, would be, that would be, he is. I was like, he'd be the guy who'd be in our, in our wheelhouse. That would totally be it. That would be get, right get, on. The biggest stoner to ever play baseball. Yeah, that would be right on, man. That be say, if, if we had Marf with us, would you get Len Dykstra? We should get a special guest. I do. Uh, there, there, it is kind of funny. So, so um, I, I, am, I am now in a shape other than the shape I was in when I was in good shape. But having said that, um, when I used to do, when I used to go to the gym and we're not going to talk about that, that too much. Uh, one of the members of the gym that I used to go to was Justin Stone, in fact. Okay. And I did, I ran into him, uh, at the beginning of last, uh, spring training or right before, you know, kind of right as the COVID thing hit at, at the Walgreens over on, um, you know, at, at, at my local wall, not, not too far away. And, you know, he did remember who I was and I did kind of talk to him for about uh, 60 seconds about uh, about uh, hitting and about his new job and all that. Was that last year or was that two years ago? I feel like it was last year, but who the hell knows the last year has gone by so fast. And uh, so I did have, no, it had to be last year. So I did have a, uh, a bit of a thought of, holy shit, it'd be cool to get him onto this thing, but nobody listens to us. So it'd be. It'd be right. It would, be, it would be a waste. Right. Besides, right. you know, he would have to, probably get it cleared by the Cubs and you know Bleacher Nation is a pretty team friendly site um, you know like like you know back in my previous life of writing about the yeah. Blackhawks um, I just knew I was never going to get anything ever in the world from the from the Blackhawks right. any <laughs> engagement um, considering the fact that Jay Blunk probably had hair when we got started yeah, <laughs> he just rubbed it, rubbed it all off from the different, different public relations nightmares. Yeah, well, well, I, I think there is. Uh, I mean, there's obviously extremes to this, but I think that there's definitely a, a case to be made of you know even bad press is good press, 
And so I think that there is a little bit of that as long as you're listening, right? As long as somebody's talking about us, pretty cool. All right. That's that that that's neat. Now, granted, you guys took it a little bit into an extreme on in a couple of cases. Um, not not any extreme about the Hawks, but just like in the profanity and then stuff like that. Um well, not even yeah, and it, but just kind of not. I don't know, not, 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 not towing the line, right. Not towing the, the well, company. every so, every so often, um, what would happen was they, they knew, they knew that I had a ticket package and they knew who my rep was. Mm-hmm. So I would occasionally get messages through my ticket rep. About the site. Yeah, well, yeah. What every, cause like, I don't know when we first started the website and Chuck D made a boner time banner for us. Okay. <laughs> and with, but it had the Blackhawks Indian head in it. Yeah. And um, my ticket rep told me, yeah, that's really funny. Uh, don't put it on any merchandise. <laughs> um, and uh, my all time favorite was still uh, after the Blackhawks started their band. And uh, yeah, instantly named it Taint Nugget. Um, that's still not long. Time, you know, I want, I want you to know just really quick every time I even hear the word taint, that's literally the first thing I think of, by the way. Yeah, just so you know. Um, but that became, I, have, I mean, that became the given name for the band just because nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah, and um, and one time, like after that all started, the next time I went to a game, uh, my ticker rep saw me coming and he just looked at me and says, really? And I said, <laughs> I just said, should have named the band. <laughs> you got to get out in front of the stuff. Like this isn't like, you know. I, I told him, I said, look, I won't even charge much. And all you have to do is anytime you have an idea like that, run it past me and I will tell you how it can be fucked with in social media. <laughs> It's sort of like when uh, when companies hire hackers to be their security. Oh yeah, I could have been their ethical hacker for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's you amazing, know. man. That's amazing. I don't. I don't expect. I mean, considering how little content we put on Fully Croisoned, yeah, I really don't expect that uh, anything we do on this site will ever be viral to any yeah. extent to where we will even, you know. Not even like an intern in Cubs business ops will ever hear of us. Right, right. right. Well, that's so, not only that, but, but too, you, you made this point uh, outside of this cast uh, a while back to me. Like, there's just, it's, it's saturated with Cubs material. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's not like, and that, that was sort of the thing when we started this, I don't, I don't know that we need to talk about this on a podcast, but that was sort of the thing that when we started this, I'm like, what am I going to write about that's going to be so fresh that somebody's going to want to read it like for you. And, and one of the things that I really enjoy about your writing is you have a historical perspective that I think is kind of fun, right? Um, it's sort of like, and, and I, not to talk about other podcasts again, but it's sort of like when Andy and Mike do their remember this crap, like there's this historical right. contest that they're able to context that they're able to put around their stories. That's still fun to listen to. It's like talking to a couple of guys at a bar. And that's the kind of stuff that I, you know, when, when we first kind of started uh, with this idea of the podcast, I kind of, that was the part that I really kind of liked is having you on and maybe just talk about like, 
the historical, because that a lot of people do that, right? Everybody talks about the present Cubs, and that's a big deal, but not everybody kind of can, can, can weave a story, uh, and you're pretty good at it, not to fucking blow up your ego and all that bullshit. You still suck, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but Indeed. you are really good at, at here. Here, I was thinking you could be the bigger man. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, right back to uh, having said, Hey, welcome to the Poison Cast. How's it going? <laughs> Four uh, leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, see, they can't even, we can't even be shipped. Because there's no yeah. way to put Oleg and fork together into a single word that's not just fork and Oleg. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we, we don't really have to, do we? That's not a... I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> oh, you mean like a couple? Like uh, uh, Bradula or whatever the fuck they called it? Yeah, Brangelina. Brangelina, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Foreleg. <laughs> there we go. We're four leg. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Welcome to the Northside Croizen cast with four leg. Yeah, and, four and, leg. and frankly, it's also fairly descriptive, right? It really two. is. We yeah. do have at the moment four legs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing. Tomorrow is uncertain, but today we've got four. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So I suppose we should kind of chat uh, about the Cubs, right? They suck. God, man. I uh, I don't like this. So the last part, it was kind of funny. Like, uh, you know, obviously I was in a mood uh, the last podcast that we did. Oh, yeah. It was gold. I didn't have to do a damn thing. Yeah. In a very different, well, in a very different mood than I was after the Udarvish trade, right? So we've done yeah. two podcasts, the Udarvish trade now. And then and, and they were very diametrically opposed from my point of view. And uh, uh, like it was, it, it was funny. Like you know, I hung up on it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell got into me that all of a sudden I had to be the contrarian in the group and be all optimistic and shit. Um, you hadn't smoked think, yet. <laughs> maybe that's what I still haven't smoked yet. Um, and maybe that's what it is. Is that at the time I sort of felt like maybe they were sort of done and they sort of came to their senses. It was, it was sort of. Uh, now since then. There's actually more reason to be optimistic, right? Because now they've signed Jack Peterson, which and that on well, and of itself. actually the last time we recorded, they signed Peterson that day. And oh. part of part of your anger was that they didn't have the money to keep Darvish, but they had the money to sign Peterson. Yeah, well, no, no, no. So, so, so I, I think I was optimistic. So, so I think I think you're getting podcast mixed up. After the Darvish trade, I was on a fucking rant about the Cubs and fuck them and fuck the Ricketts. Um, then what happened was they signed Jock and then I was all of a sudden, oh, maybe they can go out and spend 20 million bucks and maybe trading Darvish, you could, you could justify that from a baseball move. You know, he's 35 years old. You might as well cash him in if you still feel like the team is going to be good. And now they were kind of spending a little bit of money and maybe there was a chance that the team may still be good. Uh, now I'm sort of at the point, and also on top of that, I think layered on top of it was, hey, if they have the money to sign Jack Peterson, maybe now they're not going to go out and trade Chris Bryant. Maybe they're not going to go out and trade Wilson Contreras. And you can kind of, if you squint hard enough, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You could, you could sort of see how they could be good. Now, of course, since then the Cardinals got Arenado, so that's now an issue. 
Uh, the Brewers are off signing a few guys here and there who might, uh, you know, might collectively might make a difference of a win or so, uh, or a couple wins. And in a tight race, that's that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. So my hope is still that the Cubs do something to to add to the team instead of trading Bryant. But now oh. the Mets rumors are back, and who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, if if the Cubs trade Bryant to the Mets, then. 2021 is cashed in. There's no way, there's no way they can contend for the division without Chris Bryant. Now, the one thing that they might be doing at this point is kind of looking at the team and saying, okay, last year we won the division with every single core player on our roster having an absolute shit offensive year. Yep. You know, you're basically the mail was carried by Ian Happ and Jason Hayward. And that's not how the Cubs are built. They're not built to be carried by Happ and Hayward. True that. Well, the offense. The offense. So, you know, they're banking on and they fired the entire medical staff at the end of last season. Let's not forget that. That That was not a small thing. Yeah. Because clearly, you know, baseball ops was very frustrated at the fact that you know, these guys were getting dinged up and they weren't, they weren't getting, they weren't getting rehabbed properly. Uh, they were either coming back too soon or, or just not getting into, you know, not getting back to a hundred percent. Yes. And we saw it with Bryant. We saw it with Baez. We saw it with Rizzo. Um, and, you know, we saw it with Schwarber, but Schwarber's no longer a Cubs, so he doesn't really enter into the conversation. <laughs> right. Um so I think what the Cubs are thinking is if, if Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, if they're going to keep all three of those guys, and mm-hmm. at least with Baez and Rizzo, there hasn't even been a whisper about right. either of those guys going anywhere. Right. Um, and I'm, I still am not, I'm still not uh, convinced that they won't give Baez an extension yeah. before opening day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they might do it with Rizzo also. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think they're banking. If those three guys are healthy, you know, that could be eight to 10 wins that they didn't have. I, I, uh, over 162 games, that's, that's a lot of wins. Uh, but I will say that I think that, that there's something to that. Um, now the Cubs two best players last year were you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks, right? Let's stop right. over, over the course of the year. Yeah. Um, and they've lost one of those, right? And so now the hope is that, hey, if, they, if there's even a little bit of a regression uh, to the mean, then um, then they'll be okay, right? With, with, with Brian kind of coming back and, and Rizzo and, and Bias. Um, there's still plenty of holes, but there is with everybody, right? There's, there, like, like I said, there, there's, if you squint hard enough, there's definitely reason to be optimistic. And there's definitely those uh, you, you can definitely do things like that. The hope is still that you add something um, to your point a little bit. And this is what I, this is, I, I just lost myself in my thought. And this is the point that I did want to make a little bit earlier. Um, Sahadov wrote that column about their new kind of this idea that they have with training and not necessarily baseball training, but more in terms of um, more in terms of, uh, you know, weight training and, and mobility and things like that, that is outside of the baseball realm. Um, and I, I wonder if that goes into the whole idea that, hey, they fired their, um, they fired the medical staff, and now this is a way to make up for that, 
right? And there's a way that maybe you can prevent injuries a little bit more. Um, it's really been sort of talked about for the last, I don't know, eight years. Um, I, know, I know that I've read some things on fan graphs about it. And when I was a baseball prospectus reader, those like the next, uh, the really the next uh, market inefficiency, if you will. And I know we make fun of that all the time, but the next market inefficiency may be in, in health. How do you keep your players healthier? And yeah. how do you actually do those things? And that's, um, I think it's an interesting point, right? Um, Bryant is still Chris Bryant. And you can definitely kind of come back and point to a whole lot of uh, a lot of his issues of him kind of falling off uh, since 2016 or since 2017, a lot of his issues on injuries. And yeah. maybe there is something to that, right? Maybe there's something to the rehab process, or maybe they weren't maybe leaning back on old ways. It'd be kind of surprising um, that a Theo run team, and I know that he's not in charge anymore, but it'd be surprising that a Theo run team would um, wouldn't have that top of mind because you, you you sort of think of him as a guy who thinks of everything within a baseball operations department. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Hopefully, um, you know, you sort of make fun of the pitching lab and and things like that. But they're about to graduate some guys from that pitch lab. Um, there's certainly oh, I, I won't make fun of the pitch lab at all. Yeah. Well, just in general, like this idea that you know. I, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, like it, it seems to be working. And, and like I said, yeah. you squint hard enough. And I think that there is a, um, you can see a pretty good team, right? You know, I'm not suggesting that they're the Dodgers or the Padres or the Braves, but you can kind of squint and you could see a pretty good team who should at least compete for a division and maybe make it a fun year. Uh, but I think the other side of that coin is also very, very, very possible also. And that's, they're going to be terrible and boring. Oh, they are. There's a lot of dice being rolled on this season. Yeah. Make no mistake. There is, you know, they are not, they're not going into this with any uh, thought of eliminating risk. Like, you know, in 2016, the Cubs were as close to a sure thing going into the season yep. as you could ask for. And all year long, just everything was a sure thing. Even, and that confidence went down through the team to where when they lost game four, uh, they interviewed Jake Arrieta after the game. And his first, his response was, well, you know, we've, we've got the rotation set up the way we want it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, that type of confidence. And, you know, right now, you know that the, the guys in the clubhouse right now they're looking at what the Dodgers are doing. They're looking at what the Padres are doing. Yeah, you can't help it, right? Yeah, and they're looking at what the Cubs are not doing. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have a choice but to feel hopeful, right? Like, you don't, you're not going to go in. Like, my whole point, I think, last time was, like, you know, in January, in late January is no time to be pessimistic and cynical. Like, there'll be plenty of time to do that in May if things go off the rails or in June. Well, did you read the interview with Clayton Kershaw? No. Kershaw dragged the Cubs. Oh, did he? Yeah. He completely dragged the Cubs, basically saying, you know, how, how do you explain it to your fans that, you know, you traded away a Cy Young finalist for a bunch of guys who may or may not be something? You know? Yeah. I mean, as, awesome. as a player, you look, as a player, what you want is you want to win, but also, you know, each player is his own industry. 
each play each player in Major League Baseball is a multi-million dollar industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as such, they want the marketplace to be robust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Kershaw is going to be a, you know, he's going to be a free agent after this season, and yep. you know, he. He wants there to be a market out there for a Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, that's a good point. Know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Texas Rangers will make him an offer because he's a hometown boy, but you know, he wants to he wants to make money and go to a winner. That's what every player does, right? Uh, I I think at some point uh, the winning matters or not, but I don't. I I never. I never kind of bought in that that's, you know, every team, every player wants to be on a team and they want to make a difference on that team. When you're a star player, when you're Clayton Kershaw, when you're Chris Bryant, you know, whatever next year, um, you're going to want to go to a team. You're going to want to make a difference on that team. And there is something to be said. And I think that uh, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of GMs who, who kind of think in this way. It's not necessarily like I want to come into a place where there's already a system so that I could just be a cog and then not make a name for myself. I think guys like Theo Epstein relish the opportunity, and, and this kind of relates maybe back to Clayton Kershaw, of going in and turning a team around. Like, obviously, that's what Epstein's thing is, right? Like, nobody, like, like, like I don't think that the Phillies was ever going to be a job for Theo Epstein because no. it's not the team. Now, the Tigers, <laughs> holy shit, now you're talking, right? Um, you know, the, 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 you know, Cleveland, there's a Cleveland. Yeah. That would be the team for Epstein. Like they, they're not hiring him, but that would be the team. Right. But the thing, well, Kershaw, look, Kershaw's done it all. He's won yes. what? Three Cy Youngs. He's yeah. won the world series. He's a hall of famer. You know, he's a hall of famer. So all he's doing, you know, he wants to, he wants to keep pitching. He wants to make his money. And, you know, he's a guy like him thinks about legacy. It's not, yeah. he's not a guy who's, looking for like another day in the sun. He's had all the sun anybody could ask for. He knows, you know, he knows that no matter what happens, he will always be able to walk into Dodger stadium and get a standing ovation. Yes. But, you know, there is still that thing where he wants to, you know, part of him, I'm sure does think about like, what's going to be on my plaque. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He knows there's going to be a plaque. What's going to be on it. Yep, that's a good point. But but for him, like like think about that. And and again, I don't I, I don't even know that I have an opinion about this. It's just sort of thinking out loud more than anything else. Um, if he goes like let, let's say that Texas makes him an offer that's mm-hmm. commensurate with what the Dodgers are, commensurate, right. commensurate with what the Dodgers commensurate. are. Yeah, um, that is not a good team right now. If if he feels like he can go in there and he's the piece that makes them kind of a good team or at least a contender, right? That might weigh on him even more. And I'm not, and again, I think I'm just more thinking out loud than anything. That may actually weigh, uh, that, that, that may have a bigger benefit for him than to go a team like the Dodgers that's already great, right? If he thinks that he can be a piece that can turn a team around or that can bring a team to contention, that might be a more appetizing situation for him. Than, than, than a team like the Dodgers that's already great. And that's clearly already great, where in fact he might be the third starter next year or the year after. Yeah. Um, and, I don't you know. know. I, think, I think that was one of the reasons why the Dodgers went out and got Trevor Bauer was Bauer, they're looking at him as the guy to replace Kershaw, basically. 
Yeah. Well, Bauer, the third year is done. Like, there's no way, as, as, assuming Bauer doesn't get hurt or fall off a cliff. And, and Bauer's had is it? He's he, Bauer's not like it's kind of funny. Like, you think of Bauer as just being the best, like an elite pitcher, and he really isn't, or he hasn't. No, he, you know, he, he had to be the best of right he had, now. He was good in 19 until he threw the ball over the fence. Yes. And that kind of dissolved his season. And, you know, last year he, you know, small sample size in a week hitting division. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. And he still should have finished second in the Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah. So whatever uh, he got, he got, he had a great year at the right time. Um, he, he certainly for a team like the Dodgers, he makes a lot of sense, right? They're, they have plenty of other pitching. They have plenty of other players. Um, they can tell him to fuck off if he gets out of line. And as long as he stays at a relatively consistent, um, wherever he's at, right. As long as he stays at, 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 at not necessarily where he was last year, he'll keep that third year is non-existent, right? He's getting 85 of his 102 million or whatever it is in the first two right. years. So that's for sure. Um, and so now it just becomes about, you know, whatever. Now, now you've got sort of Trevor Bauer hanging out, you know what I mean? And, and now if, if he could still leave after next year, along with Kershaw and Seeger, um, they haven't re-signed Turner yet. So who knows what they're going to do at third base. Um, but the, you know, to Kershaw's, you know, kind of to Kershaw's legacy, you know, Bauer, I can understand why he'd want to win. Kershaw's won. And now, Maybe for Kershaw, it's about turning around the next team. Yeah, maybe. So, who knows? Who knows? I keep uh, I keep looking to see if uh, if Jeff's coming in. No, no, he's sweeping chimneys. <laughs> oh man! So yes, yeah, so it'll 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 be like like I said. I think the uh, the pessimist in me uh, sees the Cubs season as. Uh, not only is there a chance that they might be bad, uh, but there's a chance that they might also be boring. And that's... Oh, they won't be boring. I'm pretty sure every time Trevor Williams is on the mound, especially when the wind is blowing out, it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot that they signed him. I know that they signed him, but I kind of forgot that they did it until now. And I feel, I feel bad because when they signed him, his father... I think his father went on Twitter uh -huh. saying, you know, he grew up as a Cub fan. He worked as an usher at Wrigley Field for four years. He's never been happier in his life. And like, oh, God, and this guy is going to get rocked. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. <laughs> well, he might not. He had he, Trevor Williams was pretty good a couple of years ago. Right. He had a he had a there was there was a little bit of shine. This is another guy um, who, who has a bit of a spin rate. Um who, oh, yeah, he's a total pitch lab guy. Yeah, who the pitch lab can help. The problem is that the Cubs keep signing these guys instead of signing some sure things to go along with them. Right. That, that would have been right. you, Darvish, right? You, Darvish, doesn't need no fucking pitch lab. Um, you, you, Darvish, he teaches the pitch lab machines what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that, man. Holy shit, that does not oh, yeah. again. Um, um, but, you know, I mean... The Cubs have got, you know, they got Hendricks. You know, Hendricks is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Zach Davies will be fine. Yeah. Um, 
and you know after that there's a lot of you know ro- you know grab your rosaries even if you're not catholic get a fucking rosary you're going to need it because <laughs> you know can i don't know about alec mills over the course of a full no. season last last year he was either good or terrible he, yeah yep 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 you know he had what nine starts and he had some really good ones and he had some god awful ones yep. and you know what i think at some point i looked and i want to say it's true that with the exception of his no hitter against milwaukee every time he pitched in the same series as hendrix the day after hendrix yeah. he got rocked oh so you know now you know, imagine a series where the Cubs starting pitchers line up as Hendricks, Davies, and Mills. You know, you're going to have the same, you know, variations of the same guy for three games in a row. Yeah. That, is, that can get really ugly really quick. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Unless it lines you know, backwards and Hendricks is your last guy, in which case you still have hope, right? Because, you know, he's still, Hendricks is still Hendricks and he's still that changeup is still that changeup. Right. Um, the other two, I get your point. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Alzelay can have a really good year just because he'll be the guy on the Cubs staff who gives a completely different look. Well, the other thing is, uh, you know, speaking of pitch lab and all that, right, even Brennan Davis yesterday uh, named Alzelay's slider that he literally just developed as one yeah. of the toughest pitches he's ever faced. And that's, that was brand new last year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hope for that progression. Like Alzelay kind of fell off and then kind of rebuilt himself back up. Um, and I'm kind of curious, I'll be curious to read about those changes that he made, right? We kind of, we could, we could think about it in the abstract now, Yeah. but holy shit, like that guy all of a sudden has, st- not all of a sudden, he's always had stuff, but all of a sudden he has pitchability and that is fun. That that's, that's a fun thing to think on. Um, other than that, you know, obviously, you know, the guys who they have, the prospects who they have, who might you know, kind of can make a difference. And this might be what they're counting on, you know, guys like Corey Abbott. Um, and it's, it's weird to even say that as a guy who they might count on, but they're not, their pitching prospects aren't necessarily young. They're not, you know, other than Braylon Marquez, Ryan Johnson was a college draft pick. Uh, Burl Caraway, did I get his name right? Caraway? Burl, yeah, Burl Caraway. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not young. He's 24. Um, the, you know, Corey Abbott's 25. So these guys, you can, you can sort of begin to pencil those guys into doing, to, to getting some innings this year. And you, you have to, and they have to compete and they have to, you know, they have to do something. There's going to be innings that are going to be out there, right? Nobody's, nobody's throwing 200 innings this year, right? There's not a starter in the league who's going to throw 200. No, innings here, I don't think. And so there's going to be innings out there for those guys. And, that might be what the Cubs are counting on. See how it works out, but that might Don't not... forget Shelby Miller. Oh, yeah. Uh, how could anybody forget Shelby Miller? <laughs> Maybe they could fit him for Dan B. Swanson after this year. Um, but these that, are... that was the greatest trade of Confederate generals in Major League history. Damn. <laughs> Shelby Miller for Dan B. Swanson. Oh, God. Who's uh, that? There, there was also Aaron Blair. And who was the other guy that uh, that Arizona traded? I don't know. That was that was definitely Dave Stewart's shining moment as an Arizona general. I, I kind of feel that Larusa had something to do with that trade, right? I think that that was a little bit of right because Larusa was a consultant at the time for the Diamondbacks or something. Or yeah, I think he probably made the trade from his car. 
<laughs> you never let Larusa near a phone after a glass of wine. No, no. Or behind a wheel. Everybody knows that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it it, it might be. <laughs> there, I, I suppose that I may have talked myself into this idea that the Cubs might be bad and fun, <laughs> right? If if all these pitchers kind of come up and do some things and. If Brandon Davis gets a couple of at-bats here and there, even towards the end of the year. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're going to rush Davis. He's, you know, he's going to be in double A. Well, but so the Cubs, so so keep this in mind, right? Um, In 2014, the Cubs, uh, and again, some worked out, some didn't because, you know, Baez obviously went back. Baez made his debut uh, earlier than anybody thought. Addison Russell came up before anybody thought that he was going to come up. Um, I think Wilson Contreras made a debut before anybody. Con- was- no. Well, Contreras came up in mid-16, and he oh, was in AAA. Yeah, he came, his, his first pitch home run was Father's Day of 2016. Okay, okay. So June of 16. And yeah, yeah. he came up because either Ross or Montero was hurt. Okay. Okay. That might be right. But anyway, um, they, they did have, they, they were a little bit aggressive, right? Brian, I was standing. They were a little bit aggressive with some of their prospects and Baez was the one that sort of stood out. Like, I'm like, I can't believe they're bringing this guy up, but whatever, let's go. Right. And Addison Russell was another one. Right? They like. And Soler. Yeah. Soler and came up in right. That's right. That's right. Russell came up in 15. He was the class of 15 was Bryant, Russell, Schwarber. 14 was. Hendricks, Baez, and Solaire. Okay. Okay. God, yeah, 15, like 15 was yeah. Bryant, That's Russell, right. Schwarber, 16 was Contreras. Yeah, 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 okay. But anyway, but but the idea being that they still kind of were aggressive with some of these guys, getting them to the major leagues, knowing that they all had to develop sort of at the same time if the plan for 2016 was going to work. Well, but part of the thing with some of those guys, particularly, well, you know, Baez wasn't really fast-tracked. He he did a natural progression just because he was a high school draftee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he came up when he was like 22, 23. But Bryant and Schwarber were kind of unusual cases because they both came out of college and they were both pretty much fully baked when they got yeah. to the major, when they got to minor league ball. So, well, that's you know, sort of if, my, that's sort of, frankly, I just don't mean to cut you off, but that's sort of my point about... Um, about all these pitchers, right? Ryan Johnson and Caraway, like all these guys are high school or uh, college guys, right? So, so all these guys, Corey Abbott's just been in, around for a while. He may have been a college guy too. But yeah, that's pitchers, pitchers as a rule take oh. longer to develop because they, especially starting pitchers, you've got to come up with, you got to have three pitches mm-hmm. and you got to have three pitches that you can get big leaguers out with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that takes, that takes time. Um, a guy like Bro Cal- Caraway, where they're looking at him as a bullpen guy, you know, he's a lefty bullpen yeah. guy, throws strikes. He can be a guy that they fast track. Um, but Brennan Davis, Brennan Davis is, you know, they drafted him with as a potential guy. He mm-hmm. he was out of high school. Yeah, yeah. And he had been playing baseball and basketball. Um, and I mean, in in the uh in the zoom interview yesterday, you could see that he's definitely been hitting the weight room mm-hmm. and, you know, they worked with him a lot last year on breaking balls, but you know, he's, he's still, they're not going to rush him just like they're not going to rush Miguel Amaya. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're both, they're both starting the year in double a and maybe, you know, if, 
if they have a full minor league season, those are two guys along with Braylon Marquez who might be good candidates for the uh, flipping over to triple a after the season break. You know, they have the first yeah. half of the season yeah. and then they flip guys over for the second half. So that's where you can see those guys going. Um, they always used to say, I don't know if it's necessarily true anymore. Right. But there used to be this thing where you, your prospects are in double a, and then your sort of taxi squad was always in triple a so that, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. I'm, I'm just, um, not, well, not as much because with some of these guys, they like to get them into triple a because, you know, in triple a take a guy like Brandon Davis, perfect example. He's he, they drafted him. He was raw. And he's learning, you know, you hear him, everybody talks about how hard he works. Mm. He's always talking about things he's working on. He's clearly a guy, he's a student of the game. He's yeah. going to develop into a good ball player. Um, but, you know, nothing beats, you know, getting in the plate in a game. And, you know, when you're at AAA, you're seeing guys who have, you know, every every pitching staff in AAA has got guys that have been in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So you've got to see that you know that much better of a quality of breaking ball and you know they'll have more velocity they'll have things that you know these guys would not see at double a so um but now the cubs have schwarber was like the one guy who really just i think he completely jumped triple a i think he went straight from double a it brought him up from double a in 2015 so he could dh Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just you know he just was on fire yeah. and so they just, they couldn't send him back mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. they sent him back for a few days and decided okay forget it we got to bring this guy up yeah yeah i and but yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna rush brandon davis they're not gonna rush amaya they're not gonna rush marquez you know those are three guys who you know maybe this time next year we're talking about them breaking camp with the team. Well, that'd be pretty cool too. Um, you know, it, it's always nice to dream on prospects, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, the fun thing about this time of year is every prospect is a can't miss. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's fun to read like, you know, prospect prospect rankings, you know, uh, Brian over at Bleacher Nation did a great job ranking the, his top 30 and he talks about the ceiling of each guy yeah and you're like well yeah you know 30 guys and you know like okay a couple of these guys are going to be selling real estate in three years yeah well it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny it's, it's like talking about the ceiling but it, and and he does do a good job and, and and i like the guy but it's uh it's um I, with a tone that all of them are going to hit the ceiling, right? There's almost like this this optimistic tone that everybody's going to hit their ceiling, and everybody. This is and, and this is what that's this, fun. It's no, fun to think I'm about not, that. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not criticizing for. I'm not complaining. That's. Yeah. I think that 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 just goes into your point of you know, you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to think of Cole Rorter or being Chris Coughlin. I want him to be Babe Ruth. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, I, I mean, I, I'd settle for him being, I don't even know, I, uh, 2016 Albert Almora. Yeah. Who? Speaking of Almora, who the hell did the Cubs just pick up the other day? Uh, Jake Marisnik. Jake Marisnik, yeah. 
I could tell you right off the bat before spring training even starts, there's your Jimmy butthole for 2020. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to get that out of the way early. We've got our Tonker doesn't even get a vote because he didn't show up. Fuck him. It's Jimmy. He's our Jimmy butthole. All right, let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can even call him Jakey butthole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man. Good time. That's, that's, that's an easy one. I don't know. He's and, hard enough. If he's, if he's your, if he's your defensive replacement, you could do a lot worse than that. So. Well, I was going to say, I think he's, he's faster Almora. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, faster Almora, maybe a little bit more power, but well, overall. I, I feel like Marisna kind of hits from the left side too. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, he does. Um, he is a lefty bat. Uh, and the righty, the righty spare outfielder is going to probably be Phil Irvin. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Phil Irvin. God, I keep, <laughs> so keep forgetting. I had that poll on Twitter where I said, which of these guys are you going to forget? Yeah, and, and thanks to you, thanks to that poll, Max Schrock got got uh, jutted the other the, the next day or two days later or something. <laughs> what we lost, what we'll what we never had. <laughs> Max. Great Max Schrock, Cubs gave, legend. Yeah, it did it did give me give me an excuse to bring up us. Uh, is it it wasn't Stumpy? It's Stubby Clap. What, what the fuck was that guy's name? Stubby Clap. Stubby, Stubby. That's what it was. Okay. Jesus Christ, a grown man with that name. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, flawless people. Well, I can't remember which umpire it was that always called Sparky Anderson George. Is that right? Yeah, and he like, said, "I'm not going to call a grown man Sparky." <laughs> so he always called him by his name, George. I, I, I do, I, I do absolutely love. Uh, I want to say Harry Wendelstead. It was one of the greats. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been Harry Wendelson. You know, too bad Huey, who can get fucked, isn't here because he'd know. <laughs> I don't like that's the thing about about Mike. I think he he has a little bit of a blind spot to like teams that aren't necessarily Chicago teams. Like yeah. Like, like he'll know things like if, if they're important to Chicago teams, he'll know about them, but Detroit, you know, the Tigers and, and, you know, he just wasn't, you know, probably around for the, probably, probably wasn't a fan of the Reds, right? He talks about being a fan of the yeah. Reds, but like Detroit was still think far enough away from the Cubs sphere that I don't yeah. know that he would. But no, the, the George Sparky thing happened when he was with the Reds. Oh, okay. And, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, one of the things too, that people forget when I, when I first started going to ball games, it was well, hell, when I first started going to ball games, it was 67. The National League only had 10 teams. Mm -hmm. But most of my time growing up, there were 12. And so you had 81 home games a year against only 11 other teams. Yeah. So the Cubs, you saw everybody a lot, particularly the teams from the East. Mm -hmm. I, I think I have to look at baseball reference. But I want to say that the Cubs were playing the teams in the National League East like 17 or 18 times a year. In the at home. At home, well, no, total. But you get like three series. The Mets would come in for three series a year. Yeah, well, but, that's how it is now, uh, right? Uh, like, I mean, there's not there's fewer teams, but everybody within their own division they see 18 times a year. Like they see the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Brewers. And yeah, but I but I think like the Dodgers. You know, the, the West would come in twice yeah, a year, yeah. and maybe the East came in four times a year. Yeah. 
What was um, you had? You only had two divisions, right? Uh, so yes, no, no, no. I, I, no, no. I, I can, I can dig that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's how it is now, except there's just far fewer teams. That's all. Yeah, yeah, because now you gotta, you know, you're playing the teams in your division, you're playing the rest of the league, and then you're playing, you know, whichever division you're playing that year. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick gander. I'm just picking 1972 as a. Uh, sure. As a wasn't that uh, wasn't that when uh, who had a no hitter? Milk Pappas. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but I, so no, I mean, I could, I could, I can imagine that, right? Because, like I said, you did have fewer teams. Uh, um, yeah, they would play. They would play. Well, they played the Mets eighteen times. They played the Phillies seventeen times. Pittsburgh right. fifteen times. And they no, played the Dodgers. They played. The, they played the Dodgers twelve times. They played okay. the West twelve games each, and they played the East like 17 or 18 each there's it's 10 and five against Montreal. I'm guessing there were probably some rain outs. The Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs finished the year 85 and 70. So there were probably some rain outs that they just didn't make up. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. Cause they definitely played their division a lot now and they only played the teams outside of the division six times. Right. So that's for sure. And, now you've got that whole interleague thing, but that's, that's not even that many games anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you'd see the same teams a lot. Mm -hmm. So you get to make fun. So the players would really, especially back then when you didn't have 40,000 people at the ballpark every day and it was all oh, yeah. day games, like you could really get to know a player <laughs> from the bleachers. Oh, yes. Weekend. Yeah, far, far be it from us to not make sure that every player was completely aware of all of his shortcomings. <laughs> Rufus, my man. Yeah, there he is. He's a good kid. He's he good is. Kid. Yeah, yeah. I wish you want to. You want to say something? No, no. He's just. I say Rufus isn't much of a talker unless he's around other dogs, right? Uh, he 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 barks at city buses. Now he started barking at uh, at school buses sometimes. Uh, he okay. barks at trains and skateboarders. Fuck, I bark at skateboarders. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a big fan of those. So, yeah. No. Yeah, but he was a skater boy. He said later, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All the right. and Cast tribute to Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how, how as, as soon as that happened, he, Rufus, turned his butt towards you. Yes, that's smart dog. Towards us, I should say. I yeah. really shouldn't uh, shouldn't just fall from my side. So yeah, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Any any and, final uh, questions? Usually have one. Uh yeah. Which non have you looked at the non-roster players at all? Yeah, sorry, yeah, I, yeah, a little bit. Which one do you think mm -hmm. will make the team? Yeah. Let's take a look. Let's let's just do that really quick. I know oh here they are. Uh ba -ba -ba. Holy shit. Um, I'll give you two that I think will. I think, I think I'll give you two that I think will make the team. Maybe three. Um, I think Joe Biagini has a good shot. 
because he's he's actually not bad, um, and they could probably use some extra pitching. Um, I'll say him. I'll say Matt Duffy and Jose Lobatel, just because they're okay. catcher. Yeah, I, I last year Ross went with a third catcher. I could see him doing that again. Uh, yeah, I mean you got twenty six guys, right? And and they're going to have the taxi squad. So yeah. I definitely think well, how big's the tax for five players? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I I mean, obviously, um, they're gonna they're gonna do a lot of that taxi squad with their staff. I think every team will. So just because yeah. the breaking camp is one thing, uh, but certainly I think that you know, obviously Shelby Miller's gonna get his innings. Um, I think that we're just sort of in line for Shelby Miller getting about 100 innings this year. I would imagine maybe maybe a little bit fewer. Um, and then otherwise, like you're just going to have guys coming in and out of, uh, in and out of, uh, the bullpen a lot, right. Um, I guess we'll, we'll get to see a little bit of the Adam Morgan experience. He gave up that, uh, home run to, to Hayward. Was it to, to, to lose a ball game in Philly? Well, yep. the Cubs to win a ball game in Philly. Yep. The walk-off grand slam. Oh, was that the great, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. And I've, I've got that badass. Windtrust Wrigley Field scoreboard clock up on my wall. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> they gave it out that night. Yeah, that was that what it was. <laughs> That's great. So I, you know, they, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a bunch of fucking names. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Miller, Duffy, and Lobatone will probably be the guys that stand the best chance of breaking out of camp. Of of course, you know, an injury here or there can certainly. Uh, certainly changed things like, you know, I, I do like the fact that Alfonso Rivas is coming into camp because he is going to be the, the Anthony Rizzo bad back insurance policy. Okay. Is he any good? Who the hell is this guy? Uh, good hands, not too much with the stick. Oh, goody. Uh, so um, who was that guy from the Tigers that they had? Uh, crap. Uh, that big first base, but they had him for about, Half a season, it seemed like uh, crap. Two years ago, was it? I don't know. I don't good, like, it's supposed to have a good bat, but just terrible hands. God, I've got to stay in fucking place. Um, I, I got I mean, Matt, the, the one thing about Matt Duffy, uh, and I, I don't know whether he'll make who the hell knows, but um, he just, I think he's more insurance policy against Bodie than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's basically David Bodie. Yeah. Without, without the fans. Um, <laughs> And the one guy who I still am surprised hasn't come into the Cubs orbit officially yet is Jason Kipnis. I keep expecting them to sign Kipnis. Um, I really thought, okay, maybe they're going to do like they did last year, sign him to a minor league deal and bring him in. They haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, nobody's done it. And maybe that's his choice, right? Like you can't, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's done. Maybe he just wants to hang out at uh, whatever the fuck is up in Northbrook. Um, he wants to get into broadcasting. Does he? Yeah. There you go. That's that's his. That's where he sees his post career. So, so are you, you saying know, I, that? Are you saying that Jason Kipnis pushed Len Casper out? <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, is that the rumor you're starting? Um, is is Brandon Little? Wait, that's not. Is Brandon Little the guy who uh, the Cubs farmhand, like the Cubs prospect? Uh, yeah, it was a first-round pick a few okay. years ago. They okay. they drafted Little and Lang together. Okay, okay. 
That's what I thought. All right. This is, this is, uh, it's a hell of a list. Well, it's Brendan Little. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, yeah. And, you know, Little's one of those guys. Well, he, you know, in 2019, he was really good at South Bend. And 2020, you know, he wasn't, I don't even think he was on the taxi squad in South Bend. So um, he's one of those guys that they're going to bring him into camp. And a lot of, you're going to see a lot of guys land at places where you wouldn't normally expect them to be based on what they were able to do in terms of training in 2020. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, like in terms of just weight trends, like staying fit training or, or what do you mean? Well, for a guy like Little, you know, how have his how have his pitches developed? Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like what's what's he got in his toolbox? That's going to be that's got to determine where he lands. So he finished up at Myrtle Beach, and you know he's a little bit older. I mean, he might start off in Iowa. You know, you don't know. Um, although the the West the the Tennessee starting rotation, I think. I think I've seen little penciled in there and it's gotta be him. It's gotta be Marquez. It's gonna be, uh, I can't remember exactly who else it's gonna be, but basically the double A rotation is gonna be abs- an absolute death squad. But but the thing, oh, probably Caraway, I would imagine. Uh, oh, he's a bullpen guy. Well, the fact that they haven't really, I mean, I guess last year was sort of last year. All right, forget it. But um, the thing with Brandon Little, though, if he's on the non-roster invite, invite list, that probably means that they did not put him on the 40-man roster when they were supposed to, right? And he Well, I think what it is is they didn't put him on the 40, and basically they're, this is his – this is his make or break year because at the end of this year, if he's not on the 40, he's rule five. Well, maybe he was supposed to be a rule five coming into the year because that's I don't the whole... think so. Cause then why would he be on the non-roster invitee list? Right. That's, that's reserved for guys who you signed to minor league deals. If they're, if, if he's already a prospect, you don't have to put him on this list. You don't have to necessarily right? like, they don't have, you know, obviously what's his name. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be guys in camp who, are just about ready, like Ryan Johnson or whatever, right? Like obviously Ryan Johnson's going to be in camp and he's not yeah. on the list. So that's what makes me think that maybe he's somebody who they should have put, they were, you know, theoretically sure put on the on the 40 man this year. He was left unprotected in the rule five draft, therefore nobody picked him. And so now he's, and maybe after this year becomes a six year free agent, minor league free agent or whatever. Well, no, no, he's, he was drafted in 17. So, oh, okay. After this year, that's five years. So mm-hmm. he'll be, if they don't put him on the 40 at the end but of this 40, season, he's rule five. But if you're, if you're a college draftee, if you're in the organization after you're 18, then you get three years until you have to be put on the 40. If you're drafted before you're 18, or if you're in the organization before you're 18, then I think you get four years. Now you, he maybe. No, he's, it's, it's five for international guys, I know. I is that right? I don't know. What that, I'm not going to look it up now. We're already but, asked, we're already asked the, the final fact. question. What are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about fuck you, Huey, is what we're talking about. <laughs> well, we can we can we can cover all of this on the next podcast. Yes, we can, and and hopefully hopefully the Welshman will be here for that one. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Won't be well, up eating Rams ball. <laughs> Good.
Good chat, dude. All right, man. Thank you all for listening, all five of you. <laughs> See you guys later. See you soon. All right.